Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, welcome along, everyone. It is the Rugby Pass podcast, rugbypass.com, for all your rugby viewing pleasure and much more besides. And uh, what a wonderful week we have in store for us, especially for our brothers in the Emerald Isle. Ireland riding high at the moment on the back of that first victory over the All Blacks and, of course, Munster's famous win over the Māori All Blacks just last week. It is an absolute honour and privilege to welcome to the podcast this week a very good man, Alan Quinlan. Welcome, mate, and thanks for joining us on the pod this week. No problem, Sumo. Uh, good, to, good to chat to you, as always. Alan, I, I want to start with something very close to your heart, and, and it is a theme that has run through the last month of Irish rugby, and, and that is a very good friend of yours, Anthony Foley, and his very sad, tragic and untimely passing uh, first of all, your recollections of your friend. What kind of man was he? And what kind of player was he? Yeah, obviously it's been a, a you know a very traumatic time. Um, but Anthony's passing, I think we're, we're all still in shock. I think it's been a couple of weeks now, and uh, you know we still it's still hard to believe it's happened. Um, it was the night before Monster were to play um, Racing Metro in Paris, and I think. Uh, we all woke up to that that sudden shock on, on the Sunday morning of the of the game day. Um, yeah, look, I, I, look, he was a, a really close friend of mine. He's um, I played with him throughout my whole career with Munster, and uh, I would have started with my my club in um, in Limerick, my club team. We started together there in Shannon Rugby Club. We had great success there. We played under 18s and our 20s together. And then, when luckily enough, went on to play for Munster and Ireland together as well. Mm. Um, so when you know someone that well, and I think you know he had such an impact on, on my life personally, and a lot of a lot of the, the guys in, in in the Munster jerseys and the Irish jerseys, um, he was a very influential leader, I think, and you know he always he was always a captain of his school's team, club team, provincial team, national team, he captain mm-hmm. Ireland a number of times as well. So he was just a natural leader, very calm, controlled manner, quiet, but um, you know always led from the front and. and made difficult things quite simple if, if if you know what I mean by that I think he was just really controlled composed and very well respected in the rugby world I think and that was shown with the, the amount of tributes and the respect that people showed to him um, similar to you know Jean Alomu 
uh, Jerry Collins, the impact those guys would have had and, and the, the sudden loss and, tra- and tragic events with, the, with their passing as well. Anthony was, I think the rugby world was just fantastic in the last few weeks and it has given great comfort to the family, his friends, former teammates, um, the respect that was shown, I think. And um, it's amazing that, you know, you go out and kick the crap out of each other in football, in rugby matches, and <laughs> you do your utmost to win. But rugby has a great ethos about it, a great um, togetherness um, at all levels that people, um, you know, get to know each other after games, they have a beer with each other, and they play hard, and then it's about getting to know each other. So, the rugby community throughout the world has just been amazing in the last few weeks, and that's been very comforting. Yeah, totally, Alan. Look, there was a, a couple of moments over the last two weeks. I was fortunate enough to be in Chicago, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when the Ireland team formed that number eight in Axel's honour. Uh, and then a week later, in tears, as I watched the Māori All Blacks and their captain Ash Dixon presenting that jersey, with the initials AF on it. I think you touch on a really good point here and why we love this game so much is because those acts tell us so much more about the character of a person rather than their athletic ability. And uh, I've always said this about the game of rugby union is that I think that's important to realise. In in the world of professional sports, Al, uh, most guys would pick a bloke if he could score goals. It wouldn't matter if he shot his own mother in the face. But rugby doesn't work like that. Rugby, it's about the character of the man, and that is, in some ways, just as important as their ability on the field. Those moments for you over the last couple of weeks, that Munster game at Tormund Park, that Irish victory in Chicago, how did you feel about uh, those occasions emotionally? Yeah, they were incredible. I think, um, you know, Steve Hansen spoke before Chicago, and it was his first time to publicly address the situation after Anthony's passing, and I thought it was, he gave a lovely tribute. Um, the respect that that they they'd shown the All Blacks throughout the week. It was a difficult situation because you know you're trying to pre- prepare for a game as well. But you know someone's life is bigger than any game of rugby, no matter what. And and the impact um, that Anthony would have had throughout world rugby, like Jono and uh, John Alomu and, and Jerry Collins, we felt that pain up here as well when that happened because these these are legends at a rugby game. These are guys who've been to Ireland many times. I played against Jerry. I played against Jono as well a few times. And, you know, wonderful players. And, and Anthony was the same. Um, and, and it was just lovely the respect that was shown. Obviously, the players in Chicago forming that figure of eight was um, it was really special because um, it was a lovely tribute to, to, to Anthony and his family. But ultimately... I think it definitely inspired them. Uh, Munster, you know, after Anthony's passing, they played Glasgow. They were they were very inspiring performance at Thomas yeah. Park. They then went beat the Ospreys in the Pro 12, um, and 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 then they beat the New Zealand Maoris as well. And I thought, you know, the tribute in Thomas Park was just incredible. The jersey being put on the on the halfway line with Anthony's initials on it, and and they presented it to these kids afterwards. Um, mm. It was just lovely touch. I think you you. you <laughs> You, you kind of think does it dilute the opposition a little bit? Are they a little bit emotionally affected by the whole occasion? And that was probably the case when Glasgow played Munster, you know, the day after Anthony's burial a couple of weeks ago. Mm. It's a very difficult situation for the opposition when you're playing someone who's emotionally charged and you know have a, has a real cause to try and honour someone. So, um, you know, look, it's 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 been an incredible few weeks, a real roller coaster. I think ultimately. 
Ireland's performance against the All Blacks in Chicago was obviously an incredible high. We've never beaten the All we've never beaten the All Blacks before. I was involved in a few few tours. I played three times against the All Blacks. We came close a couple of times, and I think Joe Schmidt is, is someone that you know we, we feel we have one of the best, if not the best, rugby coach in the world. He's done a fantastic job, especially considering there's been a fair transition of of, of major kind of international players for us, O'Driscoll, O'Connell, yes. O'Gara, a lot of household names who have kind of moved on. There was this feeling in Irish rugby that maybe you know, you know we've come close and we've won. Uh, triple crowns and a couple of championships and you know come close we beat in Australia South Africa but never beaten the All Blacks that maybe we're in for a bit of a lull period mm. but I think Joe's done a fantastic job in transitioning some young guys into the team giving them a real responsibility and role and you know that whole week in Chicago obviously I felt that Ireland would have been under undercooked as regards training and preparation wise I thought we'd have a better a better crack and in, in the second test coming this weekend but I think they, you know, New Zealand by their own standards were poor. They made yeah. a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors, and um, Ireland probably had one of their best performances. They they limited their mistakes and their discipline was really good and they executed well. So can they replicate it this week? But um, we'll have to wait and see. But it was an incredible kind of emotional roller coaster the last few weeks. But I just thought, you know, we touched on it there a bit. The way sports at rugby, rugby in particular, I think, because the tributes have come in all over the world and uh, you know unfortunately the show must go on and it's it's um, you know sport gives people a lift at all levels people go out on the weekend and they they go to their rugby game or their whatever sport they're, they're into and it gives them a lift they, it takes them out of the house and you know you get the ups and downs of it but sport is wonderful and I think in the last few weeks the Maoris and the All Blacks incredible with their with their tributes to Anthony Foley Ellen, I want to talk about Joe Smith in particular, but I guess generally, first of all, you touched on a few of those very big names, Paul O'Connell, Brian O'Driscoll, uh, and and the likes. There, there seemed to me at some point in Irish rugby that there was an over-reliance on some guys coming to the end of their career, that if you didn't have those players in the team, who else was available? Under Joe Schmidt, it seems that now there are 30, 35 guys, all of whom are capable of stepping up into that full test squad. Uh, we talk a lot about the depth of the All Blacks. We talk a lot about the depth of English rugby. But is Joe Schmidt's greatest gift to Ireland at the moment, his ability to bring players, bring talent, bring ability into a squad and to grow the competition within that Ireland setup? Because if you don't have competition as a coach, uh, you don't have a resource required for victory. Is that his biggest contribution, do you think, to Ireland rugby at the moment? Yeah, for sure. I think um, since he's come to Ireland, I think he's you know he had success in Claremont. Um, Leinster recruited him, immediate success there. His first two seasons with Ireland, um, with all those household names and a lot of experience. I think um, yeah, he won two championships here. Um, obviously, last year's World Cup was probably the big disappointment. Then the Six Nations was. You know, they lost away to England and France, which, you know, is no mean feat. They were, you know, very close games, but there's a little bit of negativity creeping back in with, with that transition and maybe Joe's approach because sometimes there's been some criticism, particularly with Ireland, that he's been quite pragmatic in his approach. Ireland kick a lot. They're hard to beat. They're mm -hmm. very 
simplistic in their approach. They try and play a lot of territory and force the opposition. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And, and into submission, if you like, and they don't take many chances or offloads. And I think he's, he went through that little period and, and he's evolved again as a coach. I think for me, the reason he probably, you know, when he was with Leinster, they played this high-tempo game with a lot of width, um, a lot of intensity, uh, um, real intensity to break down, trying to recycle a quick ball and, and, and move it, move, just keep the pace of the game going all the time. And, and that Leinster team who won um, three Heineken Cups were you know, fantastic to watch. It probably changed a little bit with Ireland where we kicked a lot. Um, you know, we were very forward. You know, we did a lot of mauling, uh, strike players off lineouts, and and just took very little risks. And I think after the World Cup and throughout that Six Nations period last year, I think he evolved a little bit more and changed. I think it's really down to the fact that he doesn't have a lot of time with the players, so he doesn't have time to really get in going depth with the individuals, and and so you have a short period with the international guys, and it's about just getting the basics right. But I think he's changed. Um, and his biggest trend in the last few years is is introducing young players, giving them a confidence. And a lot of the players speak about his attention to detail, what he expects. Every player knows their role inside out. Uh, and I just know from, again, it sounds quite simple, simplistic and, and people often figure, what the hell does this attention to detail mean? It basically means as an individual, you know your role inside out. There's a pressure and an expectation that you understand where you have to go off a line out, what your role is in the attack systems. Um, defensively, you know where you, you know, you, you have a confidence inside and outside you. And, and he really puts pressure on, on, on players to know everything about what they're expected of them. And, and they work on that continuously in training. So, I think the player then gets confidence that they get good at their role. Um, they get better at their different techniques. You know, we've always had an issue in the Northern Hemisphere with, with the skill set compared to the Southern Hemisphere. Um, we probably have to work on our skills a lot more than Southern Hemisphere players where it, it just comes a little bit more natural. There's a little bit more freedom in your approach. Um, but I, I think players have grown in confidence with Joe and, and it's a real intensive setup. Um, he puts massive, massive pressure on the individuals, and and he's not afraid to call guys out. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I heard, um, you know, he he 
he took Brian O'Driscoll a task in one of the meetings and people were a bit shocked by that when he was his captain, mm. iconic figure in world rugby and he really you know, had a real pop off him in a meeting and guys walk out of that meeting thinking, Jesus, he, it doesn't matter who you are, there's an expectation here, everyone's on an even playing field. Um, we've got to get to that level. So there's a real hunger and a desire for the player to get better. And he's just ground out results and I think a lot of young guys have been training with the group not necessarily, they mightn't even be playing in the provincial teams, but he had this ability and he always brought young, I know most coaches do it, but he brought a lot of young guys who he kind of handpicked as future international players for Ireland in the last two or three seasons and put them in with O'Connell, put them in with O'Driscoll, had them training with these guys and we're seeing the fruits of that labour now mm. that we had eight new debutants on Saturday and, and they're all playing really, really well for provincial teams and they're all guys who would probably go on and have good international careers. Someone like Joey Carberry, he's 11 professional rugby games played. Yeah, one of those, right. a victory against the All Blacks. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> no, it's he was a... playing club rugby in Ireland last year. Yeah. And he's a guy that Joe's kind of been mentoring and watching. Um, brought him into the system this year and, and Leinster brought him in. And uh, he looks like a guy who's just this incredible talent and ability of course, you'd probably say he was born in Auckland and he has the, the Kiwi blood in him as well. <laughs> but we we would never do that to you, Al. We would never do that to you. You can, you can have Joey Carberry. <laughs> we don't Calvary. mind having him now. But um, he's been fantastic. And there's a lot of young guys that come through. So the depth, I think after the World Cup last year, Sumo, he looked at five guys missing. Peter O'Mahony, Sean O'Brien, yeah. Jared Payne, uh, Paul O'Connell and Johnny Sefton. Mm. Did not play against... Argentina. They all started against France the week before. Five of these guys are missing against Argentina and Ireland limped out of the World Cup. Mm. I think his big focus on Rugby World Cup 2019 is that that mistake doesn't happen again, that he has maybe 30, 35 guys. And it's about increasing the standard of your from 23 onwards. Like the envy of the, the All Blacks are the envy of the world that they have so much depth, so much ability to step up and but look, we don't have a huge playing uh, pool. We, we're a small country. Rugby's not number one here. Mm. Um, so it's he's done a remarkable job and, and been really successful with Ireland. Well, let's focus on that then, Al, as a, as a way to bring this podcast to a conclusion because this week in Dublin shapes as another massive occasion for Irish rugby. At the same time, uh, a video's been released with Ireland's, um, I guess, pledge to be a Rugby World Cup host. Uh, in a few years' time, narrated by Liam Neeson, who I'm very disappointed he didn't bring out some of his lines from Taken. Uh, it would have been great if he had come out <laughs> in that video and just said he had a special set of skills acquired over a long period of time. If he can find the judging panel and kill them, they will have to vote for Ireland. That's all I've got to say about that. But Yeah, he's got to chase them down. He's got to hunt them down. But you're in Dublin this weekend. The All Blacks are back. I would suspect, and you've been around the game for a long time, you've been on massive occasions in Irish rugby, Alan, but this weekend must be simmering away something crazy in Dublin, awaiting a chance for this Ireland team to come out and do it again over this all-black team. Yeah, look, I, th I think um, nobody expected it to happen in Chicago, and, and uh, respectfully, we, we didn't here in Ireland. Um you know, I thought it was a really good Irish team that that, that Joe was able to pick. Um, it's a team that, that, that didn't have Sean O'Brien, Peter O'Mahony, um, right. really strong performers yeah. throughout international rugby in the last number of years. Um, but 
Ian Henderson's another one that they were missing. So they were missing a couple, but they still we have a lot of loose forwards here. We always seem to produce a lot of loose forwards. So I think he's coped. Sander's been immense um, for Munster and, um, and for Ireland since he stepped up. He slipped his phone another gear. Uh, Jordy Murphy obviously went off injured and Vander Fleer, um, who's been incredible for for Ireland in a short space of time, really come out of nowhere. I wasn't starting with Leinster two seasons ago and he's still a young kid and uh, he's, 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 he's a brilliant player. Um, so I think, look, the performance shocked us all. I think it was probably the... There's no doubt about us. Um, we, and there's no fear here for any New Zealanders listening to your podcast that we certainly don't believe that um, we've we've um, that we're going to just rock up on Saturday and beat the All Blacks. We understand fully that Ireland got one of their best performances um, out in Chicago, and the All Blacks were poor. They just didn't execute well. They seemed a little bit shell shocked. Um, maybe the emotion dr- drove the Irish on of, of the Anthony Foley situation, but also the the fear factor of if you don't turn up against. Um, the All Blacks and and really bring uh, you know 10, 15, 20 percent more than you normally do. Um, you could be in for a very, very long day, hmm. and they have that ability to turn the screw on anyone. Their their performance in the Rugby Championship were phenomenal, averaging five, six tries a game. Hmm. So I suppose all that fear factor and um, um, did inspire Ireland to really be on the money, and they just executed as well. And in some ways, the gods were kind of shining down on them a little bit. There has been games in the last number of years, probably the most notably the one in 2013 in, in, in Dublin, mm. where you know Ireland probably should have won that game. In the end, brought out a brilliant performance throughout the, the probably 77 or 8 minutes. That's right. Um, I think back of in Christchurch 2012, it was really close. And then what makes me worried about this weekend is when I go back to Christchurch in 2012, um, where Ireland probably... Could have, could have, maybe should have sneaked that game. Van Carter got a late drop goal, mm. um, and then a week later in Hamilton, it's it's sixty sixty zero. So yeah. I think that'll certainly um, be brought up this week in, in in with Joe Schmidt and his players. But you know, if Ireland start the game well and maybe um, ask some questions of of the All Blacks, it may you know it's game on then. But if if New Zealand uh, the, you know they have this ability of, of of just. I think it's going to be an angry reaction. There's no doubt. I'm sure everyone in, in New Zealand is, is expecting a reaction and demanding a reaction mm. like that. Um, so I think look, everybody in Ireland expects that. And uh, you know, Whitelock um, possibly being back, Vitalik being back. I think those two guys are probably the two of the best locks in the world of rugby for. Yeah. For a number of years now, and they were they were a big loss. Um, so, but I don't think New Zealand will be as, as, as poor as again. I think they'll certainly execute better and and, and probably um, limits limit Ireland's chances of of creating those opportunities. So we're we're, we're quite nervous, Sumo. I'll be honest with you, we're quite <laughs> nervous about this backlash that is coming. I'll tell you what, a lot can change in a couple of weeks. Alan Quinlan, what a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Looking forward to uh, seeing you out in New Zealand uh, and for the Lions Tour in 2017, mate, and we'll uh, definitely share a Guinness or two then. Alan Quinlan on the Rugby Pass podcast. Thanks, Al. If I could could just say, Sumo, just um, our thoughts and prayers with everyone in Christchurch and down in the the South Island and Wellington after the earthquake as well. So we're we're sending our, our, our best wishes to everybody. You're a top man. Thanks, Alan. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.